Welcome one, welcome all to the finale of Press YYZ's Game of the Year coverage for 2020. We are your favorite Canadian gaming podcast. You can watch the show live on twitch.tv slash pressyyz every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or listen to it whenever you'd like on podcast services like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as on YouTube. Go in there, search Press YYZ, should pop right up. We appreciate however you choose to support us. We really, really do, especially this time of year. This includes if you wanted to subscribe to us using that free sub you get via Amazon Prime. If you don't have any loonies or toonies to toss our way, it's all good. We'll be here for you no matter what. This episode, we will be going through our individual games of 2020, like our top pick, as well as the overall game of the year list for the Press YYZ hosts for the show for 2020. I am your host with the most, Mr. Mitch George, joined as always by the dependable Alexander Cozy Cozina. Hey, hey, hey. The man of many colored hairs, Alex Ballant. Hello, everybody. He's got his head in the clouds, AJ Fraser. Hey, hi, hello there. And the phenomenal Nathan McInerney. Let's do this one more time. One more time. One more time for those in the back. Okay. Careful, we might get DMCA'd with that. Oh, whoops. Catch everyone (laughs) up and remove something dumb from our list. We have spent the last two episodes going through the best of the rest of them, as well as our individual top five lists, numbers five through two. AJ at number five has Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Number four is Animal Crossing New Horizons. At three, he's got Cyberpunk. And at two, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Alex, at number five, has The Last of Us Part 2, Half-Life Alex, Hades, and Doom Eternal. Cozy's number five is Astro's Playroom. Number four is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And number three, he's got What Remains of Edith Finch. And number two is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nathan, at number five, has Sackboy A Big Adventure. Number four is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 and 1. Uh, at number three is Astro's Playroom, and number two is Fall Guys. My number five is The Last of Us Part Two. Number four is Among Us. And number three, you've got Spider-Man Miles Morales. And number two is Ghost of Tsushima. Guys, we were almost there. We are so close to crowning our first game of the year for this show. Like, Hell that's cool. yeah. We started this little thing at the beginning of the year, and then the world went to shit. And we had not much else to do, and we love, like, I don't... I don't want to speak for everyone, but I love getting together every week to just talk games with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Entire calendar year. We've got more than a year's worth of content with the bonus episodes we've put out. Like it has been a year. It has been. Yeah, it's incredible. Like this has been such a, an amazing endeavor and I'm, you know, more than anything, just so thankful for all of you guys that you guys, you know, let me be a part of this because this is incredible oh and I mean, we're happy to cozy, have you cozy this was your brainchild so any, yeah any words on the fact that we came together and did this over the course of the last calendar year basically uh, i'm just so impressed that everybody you know pitched in and really kind of gave it the role over the course of the year I, I think it was brian altano that said that the most unrealistic aspect of the avengers is that it's a bunch of men in their 20s and 30s that actually get together and are able to organize and do something so <laughs> you could say that in a way we are as good as the avengers Oh, not the now, game, though, the right? Avengers from the comics, the Avengers from the MCU, or the Avengers from Square Enix as Marvel's Avengers? Everything combined. Wow. That's high praise. Wow. Uh, and you, I think you made those, it. we were talking about this before we started recording. Our Game of the Year content's been a little different than what, we, what the other things we've done this year. It's all going to be pre-recorded so we can enjoy the holidays with our families in isolation because the world is still on fire. Um, but this will actually be episode 50 of press yyz like properly episode 50 wow 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 what a way to end oh, the year like, on that nice even number yeah you kidding me mm-hmm. it's pretty special yeah it, really it is i i echo what alex said of like this has been so special to do with you guys and thank you for allowing me to be a part of it in whatever way i've contributed this year hmm. okay enough of the sappy stuff last last we met we went through and guessed 
what each other's game of the year was going to be. I abstain because I'm hosting and I also know everyone's game of the year because I had to go through and make sure everything was properly formatted for a nice little scoring sheet to catch everyone up. We will, we will be scoring these games and we will have a definitive game of the year list. And we'll go through that as soon as we get to everyone's individual game of the year for 2020. Let's start with AJ. AJ. Hi. We all had a bit of a sense that your game of the year was going to be the last of us part two. How yeah. right were we? Uh, if if you predicted that my game of the year would have been The Last of Us Part Two, uh, congratulations, you got some points on whatever Ooh. bingo sheet you were marking off there. Pity point. Um, a couple episodes ago now, um, Alex, you you spoke a, a little bit about um, The Last of Us uh, Part Two, and um, you know it. So and so, sorry, so did you, Mitch? Um, for me, it, it ranked so high on my list um, because I, I am I am a I am somebody who finds solace uh, in darkness, um, and it was a very dark and brooding game in a very dark time of the year. This uh, it came out in July when we were smack dab in the middle of 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 our own lockdowns and quarantines and all that fun stuff um and you know it it was it was nice to see the dystopic uh version of what this virus could have been uh and not actually have to live it for real um for me, uh, The Last of Us Part Two, uh, few f- nothing has really held my attention in, in such a way uh, this year. Like, yes, it, you know, in in hindsight, there are some criticisms that can be made uh, about it and and everything, um, as well as as uh, some amazing praise that can be given to it. You know, just in regards to accessibility. And what and what it brought to the table for that, um, for me, it was going through the story, uh, thinking it was one thing, uh, and oh, by the way, there will be spoilers in this whole episode. Oh, sure, my anything we talk about from this point forward can contain spoilers. You have been warned. Yeah, for each game will try to be a little spoiler free if you just want to know what it is. But then yeah. I'd suggest skipping ahead until the next person is talking. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so when you, when you start it and and you're introduced to to the character of Abby and uh you know you you don't think much of who she is and what she's going to be and what she's going to mean to it and then and then you and like like at at the start of the game you're 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 on Ellie's side for for the whole adventure um and then it puts you in the shoes of Abby during that time that Ellie was on her adventure and uh it it really makes you like i i still came out on ellie's side at the end but with 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 a a, what i would what i would call disappointment not in the game or the experience i was having but with with the choices that I didn't have a, a choice in Ellie making, especially at the very end there. Ellie, come on, just walk away. Stop. Stop. It, it's enough. You've won. Just let it go. And she couldn't. And she just could not do it until, you know, push until whatever, right at the end there. And I just, I just wanted her to walk away and she didn't. And then you get the 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 cutscenes, which people have dissected uh, numerous times, and nobody knows specifically how the 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 post I'm going to call it post credits uh, scene uh, where you're back at the house. I'll describe it as um, no nobody knows for sure, but there, there's some allusions to maybe Ellie did get a happy ending after all, despite it looking fairly bleak there at the end because of the choices she made um all in all i think it just nothing else affected me 
so emotionally and and harried me through that like yes it was an, an emotional slog to to get through the last of us uh part two but it was it was absolutely a slog worth slogging through um it, it's 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 hard to find find the right words in in a ranking game of the year like context mm-hmm. but Honestly, when when you talk about that scene between Abby and Ellie, where you just wanted Ellie to walk away, I yeah. tried a lot, yeah. like repeatedly. I'm like, I could get to a point and then stop, right? Like, I just I didn't want to go through with it and was mm-hmm. killed in that scene because I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it because I groaned so attached to both of these characters, both their the 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 positives of their character and how they've grown over the experience, as well as all of the detriments that have kind of been thrust upon them as individuals because of the world they're trying to live through and survive and it really is about survival at this point and it's it's an absolute masterpiece like yes regardless the criticisms people have for it it's a phenomenal piece of art i don't even want to call it entertainment it's art right Mm -hmm. i've been one of the Oh, go ahead. I just want to say, I've been reflecting a lot on The Last of Us Part Two over the course of these past few episodes, and I'm not going to change up my list as it currently is, but... Rude. In retrospect, I feel like I probably should have swapped out Astra's Playroom with not the entirety of The Last of Us Part Two, but The Last of Us Part Two from the beginning of Abby's playthrough onwards. I know that that is majorly twisting the rules in ways that I'd imagine are not making people at this uh, virtual table very happy. But for all the issues that I have with that game, I can't disagree that that game had some beautiful moments and I thought that Abby's playthrough especially were, uh, was packed with, I'd say, the most beautiful and engaging moments. And I'd say from a pacing perspective, some of the best pacing of those moments. And I, I do want to be very clear. One of your honorable mentions, just so that yeah. I, that is representative on here. Okay, sure. The that. Last of Us Part Two, Abby's playthrough onward. I did for the record I did enjoy too much okay okay I I did enjoy parts of Ellie's playthrough as well I really loved exploring uh Seattle I did like uh, a lot of the stuff in the introductory missions of the game but uh yeah all right Alex Mm -hmm. our crew was split some thought cyberpunk 2077 others Mm -hmm. thought persona 5 royal which be it well, you'll never see it coming, but it was Persona 5 Royal. And I... If you told me at the beginning of this year that an anime game was going to be my favorite game of the year, I would have called you a filthy liar. In a year when I thought Cyberpunk, Doom Eternal, and Halo Infinite, yes, only two... Oh, yes, two of those came out. Uh, one of them is still up in the air. If you told it, me Persona 5... Air, it's not coming out this year, Alex. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I mean, but. if it's going to come out, period. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Persona 5 Royal is phenomenal. It mm-hmm. is so good that when I messed up my playthrough and got the regular Persona 5 ending, I went through and played it again so I could get the Persona 5 Royal stuff. And let me tell you, it isn't just a re-release of Persona 5. It is so much more than that, especially... Yeah. Like, re-releases don't add 30 to 40 hours worth of new content that is meaningful and really recontextualizes the entire experience that you have had. Re-releases don't do that. And that's why Persona 5 Royal should be on any of these lists because it is just so... It is a world that I've absolutely fallen in love with. I'm going to get that fucking... um, The... Scramble. Yeah, Scramble, when that comes out in February, because I just love these characters so much. And even if it's not a direct sequel to 5, or to it's a direct sequel to 5, but not Royal, it's a little confusing, but I just, I'm so excited to get to, you know, be with these characters again. And just really, I can't hammer it on uh, home enough. If you've only played through Persona 5, Royal is a, an experience that you need to like i know it's a huge time commitment it very much is 
Um, but it is worth it. It is worth it because it is not just a great game because it is, and it's a type of game that I don't really like all that much. Like I don't really like turn-based RPGs. Um, but I was so enamored by the style and the music. The soundtrack is yeah. chef's kiss. Like there's so many things that I could go on and on and on about and putting 140 hours into it and getting the platinum was probably, I mean, it is my favorite like game that I played this year. I couldn't stop thinking about it. There's points where I, there's points where I still think about persona five Royal and I wish I could just play it again and have that experience. I bought the dancing game for persona five because I was so enamored with it. Like, I just can't speak highly enough about it and just man royal is something special and it has my eyes are on atlas now forever i i'm i'm planning on picking up that 13 sentinels game because people are talking really highly about that and i just anything atlas does now i'm i'm on board cozy you had something to add uh yeah i just want to ask and you already kind of answered this question alex but like what percent experiences have you engaged in since completing royal so I haven't touched, I was waiting for a moment, I was waiting for a time, and now this is going to be it, where I could sit down with Persona 4 Golden sure. because of it coming to PC. I'm yep. very much excited to play that. And besides that, that's kind of it. Okay. The only other, like, it's not a, pers- it's not Persona experience, but I did play Catherine. So that was my only, like, other experience with Atlas. Mm-hmm. Right. But, like, yeah. like I just, I, I yeah. At this point, I'm in for, like, when they release the Shimigami Tensei games, I'm in for that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when, if it, it comes to Steam, uh, Persona 3 Portable or Persona 3 Fez, hopefully it's Persona 3 Portable. I, you should try that, too. Uh, so I, I just want to say, like, I want to have an episode at some point in the future when we come back from a break in which we kind of break down and talk about the rest of the Persona series, because I have some opinions, some potentially controversial, some not super controversial about what games you should and should not be focusing on and in what order you should be tackling them, because like you're on this real high Persona high right now, and I hope that you can remain on this high for as long as possible. I don't want you to play a random side story and be like, ah, this wasn't really what I was looking for. And Mm -hmm. so let's obviously I don't want to stop you if you're like, ah, you know, I'm just going to pick up Persona game X right here and right now over the break. But if we could have a discussion at some point come 2021, I absolutely like to do so. I I do have I do have some news. Uh Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, Persona 5 Royal is my break game, which I have picked back up and I'm going to complete before the break is over. Oh, I'm Ooh, so I look forward to hearing what you have to say when we come back from break. Alex, mm-hmm. do you feel like it was a misstep on the part of Atlas and Sony to include Persona 5 in the PlayStation Plus collection and not Royal? Um, no. I feel like Royal's too new. That different of an experience that that is the version to play, even with a lot of people getting PS5s at the holidays and wanting to play something like this? Yeah, I, I do think that like it's hard to argue with free but anybody who's on the fence I mean, of like, it's not, you're playing you're paying for playstation plus but I, yeah but still like like it's hard to argue with that versus paying you know close to full price because it's still probably how much it costs right now um mm-hmm. but i just i genuinely do believe um and i can't really speak to the gameplay enhancements but i know that the game like just as a game itself was greatly improved from the original persona 5 um, but just from a story perspective, it's so worth waiting for Royal, especially like because of it being such a hardcore time commitment. You're probably, unless you're like me during the summer being very sad because you got broken up with, you're not going to be able to play this game. Like you're not going to be able to play this game twice like me. So like just wait for Royal if you're on the fence about Persona 5. Yeah, that is my plan then. All right. Hopefully, Royal goes on sale this week. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Cozy. Our group had no idea (laughs) what you were going to put down as your game of the year. Is it The Last of Us Part Two? Is it a game from 1986? Is it Apex Legends? What else did we say? I don't even remember. And it was like 20 minutes ago. Ladies and gentlemen. And we could go as compared to when you guys saw it. I'm proud to announce that my game of the year for 2020 is Apex Legends. (laughs) I got it. Yeehaw! Hell yeah! I think I'm vindicated. 
So, and now come on to talk about Apex Legends for the next 45 minutes. I will spend no less and no more than five minutes talking about it. Uh, Apex Legends is a game that I got into in the middle of 2019. I enjoyed it quite a bit in 2019, and I definitely like I definitely stated that it was one of my favorite games of the year last year, but there was a very long extended period of time where I did not play it, and I was concerned, like, oh shit. Am, is this going to be like an one of those games that just sort of falls to the wayside and, uh, you know, collects dust? And then a legend by the name of Loba was added to Apex Legends in Season 5. And Loba's whole gimmick is that she is able to teleport to faraway distances by tossing a bracelet into the air. And she can also see through walls that allows her to uh, quickly find high-tier loot and also can set up a black market that allows her to quickly collect loot in a vicinity around her and also uh, into her teammates' wallets as well. And the moment that I kind of played as Lola for the first time, I'm like, oh shit, like this is the key that was missing that was preventing me from continuing to stay by Apex's side and for Apex to stay by my side. Like I had enjoyed all the other legends that Apex had to offer up until that point. I enjoyed, you know, Pathfinder, I enjoyed Caustic, so on and so forth. But Lola was the my like first true love in the game, so to speak, is the character I'm like, this just immediately clicks in the same way that playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Zero Suit Samus really clicks in that game. Um, The funny thing is that actually over the course of the past few weeks, I've really done research into what characters are considered like high tier and low tier in Apex. And apparently Loba is not considered super high tier. So I have actually been experimenting more with some other legends as of late. Um, but she will still remain my personal fave character in the game and my reason for getting back into this fantastic shooter. Uh, and I'm, once again, much like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, very much looking forward to seeing where Respawn takes this series in the future. Cozy, that was only two and a half minutes, so you do still have time on the clock if you do want to gush more about this game. Uh, I mean, are there any particular questions that any of you had? No, no. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're still enjoying this game the way you are. I know you. You did your best to try to and and rope Alex and I into it at some point this year, and it was we a lot of fun win. playing with you. We got to win. Remember that. Game, but I can still appreciate the amount of love, care, and attention to detail that Respawn has put into this game over the last couple of years. So I'm glad you're still enjoying it. Yeah. Like it's a it's a I can as somebody who loves first person shooters i can tell it's a really great game with really in-depth mechanics that like i feel like if it just wasn't a battle royale i would love it but i can appreciate it so much because of just how tight it actually is and for you know it's probably my favorite battle royale like it doesn't like it's kind of you know it's it seems like the one that I would get into the most if I like this genre. Sure. So until until they do a Halo one. So mm, well, we'll see. I'll, uh, I think I'll conclude my little segment on Apex here by asking you, Alex. Do you think that you will get back into this game when they add in Apex's arena shooter mode? Because that was one of the things that was Ooh. leaked of Apex over the course of the past few months. Is that apparently? You know, this is not confirmed or anything, but apparently Respawn is considering an arena mode where it's going to be everybody duking it out in a much a kind of more confined space. If that does become real, I will play it again and see if it connects, see if it jives better. Um, because I love I love Titanfall 2. I love Titanfall 2's multiplayer so much. And I just trust Respawn's hands when it comes to first-person shooters. So, like, if it happens... Count me in. I will play with you. All right. All right. Well, you guys can have fun with that while Nathan continues to have fun in the game. We all assume is his game of the year where he sent, he spent 900 hours. Please tell me you crossed a thousand. It's not that high. Um, He said 600. Oh, I didn't know where to go. 640 hours. That was close. All right. Tell us about animal crossing. Um, So, uh, and I'll be honest, uh, I dropped Animal Crossing in the summer and picked a pack up in the past week or so. Mm. Um, I want to say just after uh, Canada Day. around the holiday content dropping, right? I just have to yeah. interrupt for a quick sec. Uh, 640 hours is about 26.6 days. 
So Nathan, you spent eight yep. months of your life playing this game. So in all fairness, I spent a lot, uh, three months of my life locked in home. Um, <laughs> also fair. And you have kids, so you need the distraction. I get it. Yeah. Um, so there were a few things that hit at the perfect time. Uh, we've all talked about COVID this year. And I don't think we can disagree that there was no game that was helped more by COVID than Animal Crossing, releasing yeah. right when it did um, and what it managed to do. Um, at the same time, this is a game that my wife really enjoys that I thought I was just buying for her. I was like, oh, I'll try it. Uh, little did I know that somehow I would be sucked into its vortex of I don't even know. Um, but I became addicted to it, just playing every day, doing my chores, trying to get the recipes. Um, I'm like missing like 50 normal recipes in that game for of like the six hundreds and hundreds of recipes. Um, but there came to a point where there was just not enough for me to do and not enough for me to keep going. So this winter drop of holiday content stuff's been kind of fun. Rolling snowmen, getting ugly Christmas sweaters unlocked. I can dress with Santa. Um, so I'm having fun trying to play all that. I'm not nearly what I was when I was playing at hardcore. I've also <laughs> caught all the fish and, uh, fish and bugs now and, uh, almost all the sea creatures. I can't do that till March. So have you, have you made, uh, a shirt with the press YYZ logo in it yet? No, I haven't. Uh, because honestly we made the logo after I stopped playing. Fair enough. We also got to talk about making, you know, real life shirts with that logo on it. Maybe that's something we can talk about over the break. Maybe. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I think Animal Crossing is a really special game. I th think for a lot of people, it hit at a real spe like a real time this year. And as far as it's, it's what the number two switch game of all time at this, at this at point, this point, this holiday season, I'm sure it goes to number one. Yeah. Uh, like the only one above it's Mario Kart and Mario Kart's yeah. had years on it. Yeah. Um, so it will be Almost the number one decade at this game. point. When the hell did Mario Kart eight release? Well, it, it, that would only reflect sales for the Switch. Oh, no, I don't only reflect sales for the Switch, but, like, the original game launched in 2014. 2014. Yeah. yeah, 2014. Yeah. So that game has been around, and it's still selling gangbusters. So good on Nintendo for realizing they have a cash cow and not giving us a new one because they can do that, unfortunately. No, we'll get a new one down the line. You um, think? Yeah, that's why there's no DLC for, for no, 8 Deluxe. We'll We'll see. Um, but yeah, no, Animal Crossing is just a really special game, and I think it hit at the really right time for a lot of people who uh, just needed it. And I was one of those people, and I just dumped more time than I think I can say I've ever put into a game ever. Animal Crossing is the last video game that I bought physically at a store, yep. and I did that yeah. at a Best Buy as the pandemic struck. So it was all, you know, line up outside the store, stay six feet apart, get to the front, tell them exactly what you're coming in to pick up go to customer service and get it like it was the weirdest shopping experience of my life at that time and the world's only gotten weirder so having and a game like animal crossing was really really nice at the time it gave me a, a great way to connect with family my sister nathan you you should talk to my sister because okay. she's still in there every day doing the snowmans and the and the nice. fishes and the bugs and all of that so we should get you guys connected she actually showed up at our holiday party this weekend that was fun nice. um we can talk about that offline, but yeah, she, it was a great way for me to connect with her. Cause we were both going through, like I knew more about the game than she did at times. She knew other things I didn't. And that knowledge sharing, just getting to hang out with her was really good. Um, and it's, it's a really special game for this year specifically because of how shitty the world has been. Yeah. Bigger. Anyone else have any thoughts on animal crossing? They want to share. Um, it was the it was a game that I got uh, digital because I was unable to secure a physical copy of it because it was just completely sold out everywhere. And um, if that is a type of game that is very good to have digital because of the you know daily nature of it, it's good to yeah. especially when I started playing Fire Emblem um, at the same time. It was nice to be able to just kind of have both of them ready to go and not have to switch out cartridges. Um, I just. It really is something special. Like even someone like me, who I genuinely had no interest in it, but just when it came out, everyone was playing it, and I just kind of needed. It was a it was another way to sort of you know um, connect. It was with a way people. to socialize in a year uh, where we were not socializing. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say I had a, I did have a lot of fun with um, you guys getting uh, setting up the spreadsheet that I found. Oh, uh, and everybody putting in their, their daily 
putting in their daily uh, nip prices and and going to each other's island. Whoever had the the highest valued nips, uh, I'd go there and buy. I still got like thirty million bells uh, in my switch, and I haven't played it since maybe the beginning of May. That's, that's one of those right. things where, you know, on the subject of Press Wisey having recorded for a year now, I completely <laughs> forgot about the whole nip situation until it was brought up like a, a week or so ago. That was like that was an entire era for this podcast that is just yeah. like completely memory hold on my part. It, w- it was the it was our own uh, in inside joke slash uh, personal meme before girthy. Yep. Yep. We enjoyed them nips. It was pre-girth. We really PG. Did. Yeah. Girth walked. <laughs> Nip walked so girth could run. If you would. <laughs> All right. Now to get down to The Last of Us. I mean, The Last of Us to give our game of the year because I already put The Last of Us on my list. You guys were a little jaded here as well, thinking I was going to put something like Marvel's Avengers at the top of the list. And as much as I love that game, is. It's it kind sucks. of devoid. It doesn't suck. That's the thing. Oh, the game has it's not content. good. Like the game, the, the, no, the game is good. The game, it is a good game that is lacking content. So it's not good. It's a good game in there, and I have faith that next year at the Game Awards predictions, we're going to be talking about Avengers being the comeback game of the year. Because I feel uh, like there's enough to that gameplay loop as long as they okay. fix the loot cycle. And as long as they fix the amount of content that's there, people will come back to it. What will okay? What will people think of more as the comeback game of the year by the end of next year? Will it be Avengers or will it be Cyberpunk? Avengers, hundred percent. Because I don't even know if Cyberpunk will be out on next gen come next year. I don't think Avengers is going to have content by next year. Or will it be Anthem? Will it, will it even have Ooh. servers next year? Ooh, I like the wild card of Anthem. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's get to my game of the year, which is, in fact, Final Fantasy VII Remake. This, Final Fantasy VII Remake hit at a really good time for me where I was just, I needed an experience to get lost in. I needed a story to attach to. I needed characters to care about because everything up until that point had been a lot of these, you know, multiplayer play with friends. I need something that I could just sit down and consume and be engulfed in. And I'm someone who's entirely new to the Final Fantasy franchise. I know of the characters from pop culture and Kingdom Reddit and, and Kingdom Hearts, of course, where the characters are given a ton of screen time. But this was my first chance to connect to these characters, to connect to this story. And holy shit, did Square deliver. The, the, the amount of detail that went into this, the amount of care that went into the writing, the performances, the gameplay systems, the, the mechanics... Like it's just it's this game plays the way I wish Kingdom Hearts three had from a from a gameplay perspective. It's so well crafted. Everything works. It's it's an absolute masterpiece. The fact that they're going somewhere again, we're into full spoilers. I know nothing about the original Final Fantasy seven, but everything I read online is that this game ends in a way that kind of puts it in a separate timeline from the original Final Fantasy VII. So we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. And that is what's most exciting to me as someone who's new to this series, who has been spoiled on some of the, some of the things that did happen in the original Final Fantasy VII of we're all going to get to part two, whatever that is when it comes out in 18 years of this is going to be new for everybody. And we're all going to come in on an even footing. And that is really exciting to me. And just like Jesse, tifa Aerith, like i cried like again i've talked about this on on more than one of these game of the year episodes the games that make me cry are the games i'm going to remember you've got the last of us on this list you've got spider-man you've got ghost and you've got final fantasy 7 because for me personally if i can connect with your story on on an emotional level that's what's going to keep it in like in my memory like that's what i'm going to connect to it's not the gameplay it's not the the multiplayer it's it, it is the story it is the characters for me personally which is why Final Fantasy VII Remake is my game of the year for 2020. Do you ever think that you're going to go and spoil yourself to the events of the original Final Fantasy VII and or play through it? I doubt it. I've, I've been spoiled to some of the major plot points. Mm. Um, I've thought about it, honestly, but I kind of don't want to... Like For me, my definitive Final Fantasy experience is having played through Remake. 
I don't want to go back and see where it came from in case what I see kind of lessens the impact that remake had on me because it takes what is the first what quarter to third of the game, the original game, and stretches that out into a beautifully crafted 50 hour narrative RPG action RPG experience, which I just was absolutely enamored with the entirety of the way through my playthrough. Okay, I just say that because as much as I enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake myself, there were certain moments where I'm like, man, like I feel like I would be enjoying this moment that much more if I had played Final Fantasy VII the original beforehand and had all this like ingrained knowledge and memories of this experience going into this. Um, there is uh, this one moment in the game, it, it's like not even like the most momentous moment in the game. You're traveling through the uh, kind of like ghostly train graveyard. And there's this one boss enemy that you can farm a very specific uh, weapon from that Aerith can use. And yep. when that happened, I had like no information about like what was the significance behind this weapon and the enemy that you could get from it. And it was only afterwards I did some research and I learned, oh, okay, in the original Final Fantasy VII, you could like grind uh, on this enemy and that would allow you to quickly get some pretty beefy weaponry for Aerith. And it's one of those things where like, reflecting back man i feel like i would have been that much more impressed with that moment if i had played final fantasy 7 uh beforehand before going to the remake but didn't happen yeah. that way and now i'm wondering should i do that myself before i play part two yeah i mean i've i've gone through and like i've done research into what i experienced in part one or whatever like this game because we don't know if it's part one part two if it's going to be remake rebirth what we don't know what probably because i crazy things with their, their game titles well, we didn't mention um, this in the game of the year award predictions but i think that the second part's probably going to be called reunion final fantasy 7 reunion that makes sense it. for the seven like naming convention yeah mm. well we'll have to wait and see but ultimately like i don't I've done like I I know about the things that were in this game and I'm kind of wanting to limit it, limit my scope of knowledge on these games to the games I've played just to avoid any but like I want to go into this next one knowing as little as I can which includes any like any weird little easter eggs that come from the rest of the original game that you know it it pays homage to would be nice but I also kind of wanted to come into it as fresh as I can which is what I did with the case of uh of Final Fantasy VII Remake this year, and I think that for me is why it hit so hard emotionally for me, why I connected so much with these characters and with this story. <laughs> Very nice. And I think that's it. So that is our; those are our individual games of the year. Do we want to each go through our lists and kind of recap them? And then we'll go into the Press YYZ Game of the Year list. So AJ, you want to recap your top five? Yeah, sure. Uh, at number five, um, I had a last-minute substitution for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, at number four is where I put Animal Crossing. Um, number three, against all odds, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 made it onto my list. Uh, number two, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. And number one for me was The Last of Us Part 2. All right, Alex, you want to recap yours? All right, number five is The Last of Us Part Two. At number four, Half-Life Alex. Number three, Hades. Number two, Doom Eternal. And number one, Persona 5 Royal. Mr. Kazina, please go at ahead. Number five, I had Astro's Playroom. Number four, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Number three, What Remains of Edith Finch. Number two, Final Fantasy VII Remake. And number one, good old Apex Legends. Nathan, please regale us with your list. Uh, number five, Sackboy, A Big Adventure. Number uh, four, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. Number three, Astro's Playroom. Number two, Fall Guys. And number one, with a big fat 640 hours behind it, Animal Crossing New Horizons. All right, and... Uh... My game of the year list reads as follows. At number five, The Last of Us Part Two. Number four is Among Us. At number three, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number two is Ghost of Tsushima. And at number one, Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right. I'm, I'm going to break the fourth wall here a bit. Uh, AJ, you have an idea of how we should reveal these next games, and I want to hear it. 
Yeah. Okay. So uh, two things. One, um, I'm looking at the overall list right now. Uh, sure. Scrolled off to the side. Uh, yep. Don't do that on the stream. Uh, cozy. <laughs> um, not yet. Uh, this, and this I, I think I think the things worth uh, reading from bottom to top um, are anything with points. Anything with zero points, we gave them their due in the honorable mentions and whatnot. Um, and if you know anything with actual points is what we read from. Um, okay. Now, my my other opinion is there are some parts uh, even on on the official top five list that um, may have tied for points. So we can, you know, we could discuss and like figure out what one should really maybe go where, or we could just assume that, hey, if it's tied points, it's interchangeable in those positions. So we can just say tied for, I mean, I'm looking at the numbers, tied for second, tied for fifth. I'm, I'm cool with that. No, yeah. I'm good with that too. Okay, cool. Okay, so I'm not gonna, I will, at the end, I'll get the list into view for those who are watching on stream. But just to kind of recap the rest of the games that scored points, so basically our honorable mentions outside of our top five, you've got from bottom to top, you've got Sackboy, A Big Adventure, got Among Us, Half-Life Alex, Spider-Man Miles Morales, What Remains of Edith Finch, Hades, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Cyberpunk 2077, Ghost of Tsushima, Fall Guys, Astro's Playroom, and Doom Eternal. They fell just outside of our overall top five for uh, our games of the year for 2020. Anything surprise you that's fallen outside of the top five, personally? I'm surprised by something that made it in, but I'll save my thoughts until later. Okay. <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of the bigger, like, a lot of the ones that you would see on every other gaming website's list like Hades and Ghost of Tsushima and those ones I'm surprised aren't and that I'm surprised didn't make our yes. list. Yeah, I, I think overall not enough of us played those games, unfortunately, for them to place uh, higher on our list than they did. Yeah, and and there there is that thing that, um, you know, ju just the way the, the spreadsheet math magic uh, seems to work, it seems to be like... If, if something is tied for points, um, it kind of puts it in alphabetical order or like left to right um, in in person. Uh, I did the best I could. I You did great. And I, I fully support, you know, us, uh, you know, saying, hey, the, these these two may be interchangeable at a certain point. So, yep. I think it's cheating that we're going to have six games on this list, but it's fine. It's totally yeah, fine. It's totally um, fine. Just to recap, we didn't actually go over the way it was going to score. So everything that fell outside of our top fives got zero points. Anything that we ranked at five got one point, at four got two points, and so on up to the top of the list. So getting five points for the number one spot on any of our individual lists. So, so that, that was a total of, what, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 points possible in the number one spot, which not didn't even get close. No, nothing is anywhere close, which kind of shows the diversity of experiences that we all took in this year and really connected with. So I think that's actually kind of cool. So yeah. tied for the fifth spot, which I need to extend this now. Um, you just copy it over, can't you? What did I do? Ah, uh, I can't because of the way the math works. Oh. It will not work. Trust me. Um, so tied for number five on our list, we have... Doom Eternal and Apex Legends in the fifth spot. Oh, no, Hell no. Yeah. yeah. Something Wait, happened there. Apex and Persona 5 Royal. Mitch is... Something disappeared off the list. Yeah, I yeah Mitch's Final Fantasy VII remake disappeared. Oh, we don't want that to disappear. Oh, ah. darn. Oh, no, yeah, you went... You control Zed'd way too far there. I control it too many times. All right, we're back. We're back, everybody. <laughs> okay. So, okay. the highest fifth spot are Apex Legends and Persona 5 Royal. I was right for that. Yes. Yep. Each of them scoring five points. So since Cozy decided he was going to put an old game at number one, that old game made it onto our top five list. How do you feel about that, Cozy? Uh, I'm very happy. I'm very happy right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. Um, Can I change my list to break the tie? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you could. I'm kidding. Let's give, let's I, I'm give kidding. Cozy his moment. Let's give Cozy his moment. Okay. I will copy this all over after. It's just with the way the math is done, it won't work if I just copy little bits of it. 
at number four on our list, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one and two. The the real like dark horse contender on this list. Yeah, honestly, I think everything else. Well, I, no, Apex is that game. I mean, that game, cozy, not Tony Hawk. Uh, uh, yeah, sure, but but come on, guys, I was complimenting Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One Plus yeah, Two. I know, I know. Why are you insulting me by praising Apex? I don't know. At How number does that work? three on our Game of the Year list, you have Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Well, Not it's tied. Technically. Sorry, it's tied. Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. Tied for the second spot with Animal Crossing: New Horizons is The Last of Us Part Two. Wow. Which I'm glad is where it is on this list. Is I love it. I just I don't. It, for me personally, it's not my game of the year. Sorry, AJ. Eat shit. And the press Y the inaugural press YYZ game of the year for the calendar year 2020, which for some reason includes Apex Legends, is. Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's yep. gonna work. Our game of the year for this Cloud year. Cloud Strife's big adventure in Midgar. Final Fantasy VII remake gets the pre- inaugural press YYZ game of the year. Love that. Let's All right, now I can copy this over, and we can kind of talk about where things fell and how we feel overall about what our game of the list year of the list looks like for 2020. Thoughts? Prayers? Uh, it's a good list. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so, too. Like, I was I was worried, um, me being the only one to put Last of Us at number one, that it it may not have gotten, you know, the, 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 repu- the, what's the word I'm looking for? The attention that I, I think it deserved, but it got, it got the number two spot. Yeah. It I think number two spot. Tried with Animal Crossing. It was the one that showed up most frequently across any list, right? That showed up on three yeah. of our lists. The only game yeah. to do. Absolutely. So, yeah. Credit where credit is due there. I'm glad I didn't totally screw it over by moving it down a spot to put Among Us in there because I felt like Among Us was more of a 2020 game for me personally. Um, so I'm glad that I, wasn't like a tiebreaker or anything. That would have made me feel real bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love... I love how even everything is kind of down the board of there were only four points separating the number one from the number five spot on our list, which for me just kind Mm. of reiterates how diverse a gaming repertoire each of us brings to this show and makes for some really good conversation and has done so all year long. Mm -hmm. I, I will say I am a little bit surprised by how, little among us showed up on the rest of your lists excluding mitch's and honestly for me it was an afterthought i needed to make sure it got representation because it's been so important to me this year and i think to many of us that i'm hoping we can get together to play more of this over the holiday break and you guys will see the light and come over to the first saying among us should be on this list but i'm Uh, glad i'm going to continue its kind of steam moving into next year I've only played one or two rounds of Among Us, um, and I really should play more of it. It is on Game Pass. I, like, I have it on Steam, but it is on Game it Pass. It is on Game Pass. It is on Steam. It is on the Nintendo Switch. It's coming 2021 to Xbox. Presumably, it'll come to PlayStation as well. This thing is going to be everywhere next year. I yeah. I haven't... So, yeah. I haven't played it. I just haven't had my own personal mental opportunity to will myself to do that. But I do watch some of the the popular streamers such as say a pokimane or a uh any anybody in the offline tv uh circle or whatever um AOC. i watched, I watched their videos on youtube Alana Pierce. yeah Every, like i do get a lot of enjoyment out of uh watching them play that for sure hmm. so do you guys do you guys think that for those of you that uh, ranked or talked about Cyberpunk 2077, do you think that Cyberpunk would have ranked higher on your lists or lower on your lists if it had come out sooner, but it had been in no different a state than the state it launched in? Ooh, I think 
because I, I do I do think that the like the short amount of time that you guys uh, were given to play Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven probably influenced your ultimate decisions. Honestly, there may be there might the be or at least some or am I bias? completely off on that? That's what I there that's what I don't some, know. There might be some recency bias um, in in my putting it at number three, um, but currently. Uh, I, I am I am just having that much fun with it that it just I I just think what is good about it deserves to be recognized in some way shape or form and I mean it, hey it didn't it didn't make it to anywhere on the the main our main list or anything like that but you know I think I think I gave it I gave it praise where it needed it and I think I you know criticism also where everybody else is giving it criticism so yeah. i'm most I, interested I oh, go ahead mitch no 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 please go ahead mine was going to change well i was just going to say i'm most interested in you alex because in the previous episode that we did uh i said I, I know that persona 5 royal was a game very near and dear to your heart but you were incredibly hyped for the release of, of cyberpunk 2077 we all know of the various hoops that you jumped through to make sure that you could play that game uninterrupted on launch day and yeah i'm kind of curious how things netted out there um honestly i feel like if it had come out in the state that it was in in november i mean if we're taking that into account then theoretically it would have gotten patches by like it would have gotten more patches than it would have received now and i feel like i would have put more time into it for sure and I feel like I would have been more calm. Honestly, I think it probably, I think it, there's a very good chance it could have made my list, my top five. I don't know because the other, the other, like, I don't think it would have cracked the top three because I think Hades, Hades, Doom Eternal, and Persona 5 Royal are just that strong. But I feel like mm-hmm. it could have potentially broken either Half Life Alex or The Last of Us Part Two. Hmm. Just I would have had more time to play it and I would have felt like, I would have, felt right being able to say this is one of my this is one of my games of the year because i gave it the enough time to yeah and i i think i think my experience is also kind of like because i compared to everybody else and everything you're hearing online i've been very lucky with cyberpunk in that it hasn't broken really like it hasn't really broken for me yet there are broken things about it um, but they haven't been game breaking or too immerse immersion breaking for me personally. So hmm. Mitch, what and about that's you? 40 hours into that. I'm really interested to see if Nathan has a change of heart on his top five list going into 2021 after potentially getting a chance to play ghost of Tsushima, playing persona five Royal, uh, in earnest, maybe picking up miles Morales or it's a Christmas gift. I don't know. Uh, because I feel like there was not enough respect given on this list to both Spider-Man and Ghost of Tsushima. I feel like those are both top five experiences. But again, it goes to show the diversity of games that we all each individually enjoy. And I think it makes for an overall a better conversation. I would not have expected Tony Hawk to have made our top five list. That is surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apex You're is lucky. Cozy loves it yep. as much as he does to have it squeak in there. with. So Persona 5 and Apex are in the top five solely because they were on one individual's number one spot getting those I was say, maybe next year we should relook at the scoring for this and how we do it and not uh, giving five points to the number one spot i'll say this even if apex is my game of the year for 2021 i will not bring it up at our next game of the year discussion okay that's fair yeah i i, I would say it's it's fair for none of us to bring a game from this year that we brought next year okay I think um, I think I like this uh, scoring system, and we should carry it over to some of our other games, like rank them. Uh, but this is a linear stall. Rank them is similar. It's just number a, like number one spot gets. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting I that next year too, where it's like one for number five, two for four through two, and three for number one or something. something. Yeah. And I feel like the the closer, like the, you want the scoring more spaced out because you end up with fewer ties, like we've gotten this year. Mm-hmm. But those are conversations for another day. I think for twenty twenty, press <laughs> YYZ's it. What? Press YYZ's game of the year list for twenty twenty reads as follows: tied at number five, you've got Persona Five Royal and Apex Legends. At number four, 
You have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Tied for number 2 are The Last of Us Part 2 and Animal Crossing New Horizons. And our first game of the year, which is our game of the year for the year 2020, is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Congratulations. Every game mentioned here is worth playing. And if you have not, please check out more games over the holidays. I realize this is that now that this is coming out after the holidays. So I hope you had a chance to check out some games that were in your backlog over the holidays, play a little bit of catch up. I hope you and yours stayed safe and had a lovely holiday. I hope we're all going into 2021, hoping it is less of a dumpster fire than 2020. Final thoughts from you guys on the year that has been 2020. Cozy. I feel like I was very good at kind of remaining consistently busy throughout the entire year amidst all of the turmoil and sadness. And I feel like I was able to uh, kind of focus uh, that productivity on a lot of projects that I was really passionate about, including this podcast. And for that reason, I'm very happy, all things considered. Alex? For 2020 being as much of a shit show as it was, I did a lot of really incredible things, um, just personally. Um, for one, starting an f- awesome ass podcast um, right at Hell the yeah. beginning of the year. Heck yeah, and doggy dog! We recorded yeah. our first show the day before my birthday. Yeah, like it really set birthday. it set the tone for what I was going to do creatively, and I think I followed through basically till the end of the year. I think you got um, your goddamn documentary made this year. Holy yeah. shit. That's yeah. huge, dude. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I'm just really excited to see what 2021 brings specifically with that aspect of everything and how, you know, it's going to be really cool to have you guys, you know, be able to, you know, be a part of that with uh, season two of Press YYZ or whatever we end up calling it. Press YYZ <laughs> Rebirth or Reunion. <laughs> Nathan, you have any thoughts on 2020 as we wrap this game of the year show up? Yeah, um, I'm really proud of this year in terms of the podcast. Uh, We typically have a meeting, um, like a get-together with my cousins once a year in Toronto. And obviously this year we didn't go to Toronto. There wasn't anything that we did. But we talked about, uh, we did online, uh, a gingerbread housemate competition this year uh, via Zoom. Um, but we always talk about what our goal for the next year is. And last year when we were setting our goals, I was like, I want to start a podcast. Um, and then when I got to, they were wanted to recap goals this year, I'm like, look, I said, I want to start a podcast and we're almost 50 episodes in at that point. Um, and everybody was super impressed. Uh, but it's not just me. It's, I think we have a really good group of guys here, um, or people talking about things and uh, with, as, you've talked about really diverse opinions in gaming. Um, so no, I, I think this is, I, I don't mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but I also want to shout out the guests we've had on our show this year. Cause we wouldn't be oh, who yeah. we are with the totally. people that have supported us and been here with us and, and been a part of it. So thank you. I'm just going through all of our shows, trying to figure out where the first one we had a guest was. Uh, uh, that, the first guest was Ben. Yeah. Was it Ben? 20, 26, 26. I think. 20. So thank you to Ben Wander. Thank you to MC Fixer. Thank you to Taylor Lyles. Thank you to uh, Alan Booner Martinez. Thank you TJ. to TJ Beckham, one of our absolute best friends. Uh, thank you to um, Patrick the Law um, Morris, who, who was the on the episode alongside TJ. Yes, thank you. Well, TJ has been TJ is our most frequent right. guest. The, the other episode. You that TJ was on is what I should have said. Um, that was, and that was the episode, the week I got married because I couldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this year has been amazing. Like I got married this year. This year has been amazing. We did this. I started streaming on Twitch and I'm having a blast with that for as many so, hardships as we've all had to face in 2020. I think all of us have done a very phenomenal job of coming out the other side as better people, as more well-rounded individuals, as better, more, contributing members to society and to this little gaming community that we call our home. And I just want to thank you guys for, for letting me be a part of it with you. Uh, I don't yeah. want to forget. Um, uh, I don't think the podcast is really some podcast yet, but uh, with Joe and Kyle from the trophy room as well. Yes. Joe and Kyle as well. Thank you. And Alan 
uh, thank you for the logo. We absolutely love it, and it really has set the set set what we're going to be moving forward. It is our identity now, and, and so, we really appreciate that as well. Something something we haven't said at all uh, in these Game of the Year episodes, and we probably haven't said we're overdue for say, uh, saying it uh, in in uh, the last six months is uh, Black Lives Matter. Yep, that's good. So. Point. Yeah, that that also happened this year. Uh, when when available to you, uh, please get vaccinated. Support your fellow individuals as we try to resolve the mess that has been 2020. Um, I don't mean to speak for everyone, but I feel like we're all pro vaccine at this point. I'd hope. Hell if yeah, not, you're kicked off. I'm pro vaccine Digimon. They're the coolest variety of Digimon. Uh, so I think just, just to wrap this up. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated when you can. And thank you for everything you've done for us this year. Uh, you can find the show anywhere you find shows, podcast services, YouTube. Hit that bell. Hit subscribe. We appreciate it. Review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts if you can. We really do appreciate that. The show can be found everywhere on social media at PressYYZ. And we can individually be found on those platforms as well. Cozy, where can you be found on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina. Mr. Ballant. I am on Twitter at blatantly underscore Alex and on Instagram at blatantly out. Nathan. Follow me at the underscore and Mac on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, AJ. You can find me all over the internet at times hero, capital T capital H. I am Mr. Mitch George, anywhere you can find me. And until next time, thank you for playing. Take care guys. Happy New Year!